0: Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had a good last week, even without the patch. Today, I'm going to cover why that didn't happen, as well as a few other things. So just a heads up... I have a couple challenges going on. on. One of them is going till the 19th of May, and it's your best day slash night photographs of the wilds, the sea the wilds. The pirate who can tweet me their best day and night photos of the same location in the wilds with the hashtag the beautiful wilds capitalization on the T, B, and W wins a five day Xbox Game Pass code. Now, that is just going to the 19th. So make sure you get that in over on Twitter. If you have any questions or anything, feel free to let me know too. You can always reach me on Twitter or email by C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Now, the second challenge is to actually help Captain J from the Crow's Nest YouTube channel, another community member for the Sea of Thieves if you're not following him. The challenge is open till the end of 2018, and I'm saying this because that's when the codes actually expire for this, and it's simple. Find Armour Mint J somewhere in the game. Take a photo of that and tag myself at C A P T underscore L-O-G-U-N and at CrowsNest underscore tcn on twitter and you'll win four codes two from me and two from captain j for five days of xbox live that's almost a full month of xbox live for free and this is just to help captain j find his name in game because he knows it's in there but he hasn't been able to find it and he wants to kind of know where it's at so if you've seen those little easter eggs around in the world and you've been wondering who those people are those are familiar deckhands as well as community members in the sea of thieves that got their names their tag names in the actual game so help captain j help myself kind of find out where that is and you'll actually get yourself 20 days worth of xbox live for free Alright, next up on today's docket, I'm going to talk a little bit about why we didn't get a patch last week. And a lot of it has to do with PC clients and compatibility. See, they ran into some problems when they were doing their QA testing and found out that there was a problem that they couldn't quite work out with the PC client. So instead of pushing out something for both clients, the Xbox and PC side that they knew was going to have some problems, they wanted to give themselves another week or so to work on that to make sure that they got it fine. So there is still a possibility that this week during the 14th to the 20th may not actually have a patch coming if they can't quite resolve that they may push that that one feature whatever it was out I do think it was the matchmaking part but if that doesn't work then there's still a good chance that we may not get that portion in the patch coming. So we got a developer update for May 20th, 2018, and Joni sat down again to let us know kind of what's going on with the Sea of Thieves team. Uh, one of the things, and I'm going to go through this video and kind of break it down by point by point so that we, you don't miss anything or in case you forgot what's coming up this week. So this coming patch is is going to actually have the sovereign set that was in the patch notes for the last patch but wasn't actually in the client and they've actually made sure that they're working on making sure that each time they put a patch out that the patch notes versus the content uh, actually makes sense. They, they actually make sure that they aren't saying that there's something in the game that actually isn't. So they're working on that communication to make sure that there's uh, a little more cohesion between the teams developing the patch notes versus the client that's going to be pushed out. So I'm thankful for that. I'm interested to see what this Sovereign set is going to look like as well, too. So the first major part of the patch coming this week will involve the eventual removal of eight items on the 22nd of May. and when we got this news, it was kind of scary because we didn't know what items were actually coming. And then the following day, they went ahead and thanks to uh, to the team for putting out a forum post letting us know exactly which eight items were going to be removed. And the reason I bring this up is because when these uh, cosmetics came in in the last content drop, uh, there was a lot of feedback from people saying that this content wasn't quite up to par with other sets. And what they were saying was basically that they looked too similar to other sets, items that we're already currently in the game and if you go in and look at these items which I'll be listing off here in a second it's true. The they are just slight hue changes, uh, maybe different colors on certain items, and they weren't really distinct compared to their original counterparts. So these items are going to be removed from the game. If you buy them, you're still going to retain them after the 22nd, but after the 22nd, you'll no longer be able to, to purchase these items. So it depends a lot on whether or not these items are something that you like or dislike, but either way, they're going to be taken out. They're going to be brought back as a different item that is a lot more distinct than what is currently in the game so quote-unquote after this date they will no longer be available for purchase but if you have bought them they're yours to keep additionally castaway bilge rat weapons and ship liveries will be lowered in price anyone who purchased items within this set pre-price adjustment will have the difference reimbursed we'll also be introducing new more varied cosmetics to the game within a few couple weeks so i'm going to go ahead and list off what those items are as well as their relative cost and then how much it'll basically cost to purchase all of these items so Starting with the figureheads, there were four figureheads that were tagged as something that they're going to be removing. And that's the Scurvy Bilge Rat figurehead at 140,000. There's the Castaway Bilge Rat, which is at 140,000. The Grand Admiral figurehead, which is the 70,000. And then the Ruffian Sea Dog figurehead at 70,000. So the subtotal for those four items is going to come up to 420,000. So those, if you're looking at the game, are going to be some of the Anglerfish, one of the lions, and then one of the skeleton figureheads. So those are going to be removed after the 22nd. The weapons that we're told are four weapons, and it's from the same sets the Scurvy Bilge Rat Cutlass, which is 20k, the Castaway Bilge Rat Cutlass, which is also 20k, the Grand Admiral Cutlass, which is 10k, and then the Ruffian Sea Dog Cutlass, which is at 10k. So, and that's a subtotal for 60k as well. So to be able to buy all of these items, you need to have 480,000 gold. Now I'm going to urge you take a look at these items before you rush out and have that 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 fear of missing out on these disappearing and not being able to hand them because some of those really are very light changes especially some of the cutlasses the scurvy bilge rat and the castaway bilge rat are very very light as far as the changes between the original bilge rat cutlass so spend your money wisely it's not going to be a huge thing but if you're one of those few people that like to have everything in the game even if it's taken out later on to be able to show off to older players and say like hey you know i got this when the game was still in its infancy and they're no longer available due to uh, customer or due to player feedback then you'll be able to do that but it's going to come to the tune of 480k So, the second major part of this week's patch is managing player slots. And this is something, like I mentioned last week, this is a feature that's been in the works or been in the works since I'd say I think three weeks prior to the launch of the game. Uh, This is also the most likely reason why the patch was delayed. I can imagine this is probably something that's really hard to coordinate with other people and manage through the PC client uh, when you are matchmaking. So the they Joni talked about basically how they were running into problems with the PC client, and I can imagine this is probably what it had to deal with, but I'm looking forward to this actually being in the game, because currently as it stands, you have to anticipate whether or not you're going to have other people join you when you start a voyage because once you start a voyage that's it you're locked in you're going out you're sailing you're getting things to turn in and you actually have to go physically turn those things into an outpost to get credit for them so giving us the ability to start with a three-man team on a galleon and lock out a fourth slot if we don't want someone joining in knowing that someone might eventually get home and join up is is going to be nice to be able to have that so that being said, I also really enjoy being able to have uh, public slots available. So say I have a fourth person and that fourth person needs to leave. Sometime it is nice uh, to, to be able to have another person come in that I don't know to join up and get to meet them and help them kind of as they're working towards their way to pirate legend. Some of the other features that they are working about I'm going to cover real quickly. Uh, The first one that's worth checking out is just how sneaky you're going to be able to be when taking on other ships. So gamer tags will now be hidden when you're underwater Uh, though we we won't know till the patch is out if this is just for enemies or if it's for crewmates as well because that can be kind of tricky. Uh, I know that there's been many a times that I've been tipped off to a pirate trying to board because I could see their gamer tag underwater especially with powder kegs or when we're chasing after someone and we see someone kind of going by the ship as we're sailing by and them trying to capture or jump onto the actual uh, ladder to be able to drop our anchor. So it'll be nice to see how this works. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not just limited to underwater, that eventually we have things like where the the dark uh, or, or at nighttime basically is another way that we can kind of be sneaky as well too, so that In one of the videos, they actually showed a a sloop crew sailing up next to a galleon, and that galleon didn't realize that the sloop crew had actually boarded them and taken a chest, jumped on, and then sailed away. That's almost impossible unless everyone on a galleon is actually on an island uh, fighting skeletons or or looking for treasure and stuff. It's almost impossible to get to a, a, a ship without them knowing. And I think if we implement ways where... It's harder to see ships at night as well as gamer tags. It will definitely open up a lot more room for that kind of sneaky behavior, where you're actually rewarded for turning off all of your lanterns. Because even even at night, when you are sailing, if you have all of your lanterns out, while it is harder to distinguish ships from islands or uh, cannon towers at forts it's not impossible and I feel like that maybe we could we could darken things down maybe make it a little more difficult for ships to be seen at night when their lights are completely off kind of reward that that experience of sailing in the night as as pirates would The next interesting thing that I thought was kind of cool that Joni talked about was one of the engineers was working on kind of a side project that allowed players to be able to share resources that are gatherable. So I'm talking about bananas, planks, and cannonballs. That's typically something that You go out and it's a limited resource and you typically only have five bananas and five planks and ten cannonballs. So if, say for example, you're on an island and you're actually fighting a bunch of skeletons, say like flintlock pistol skeletons who are very deadly and you run out of bananas because you're taking on multiple waves, if someone comes ashore after spawning and grabs a bunch of bananas, they can actually bring you some as well, and you can actually trade that. So if you're looking to do this, the way to do it is to hold out your banana or hold out your cannonball and use the secondary function as if you were showing someone a compass or a pocket watch, and they can then pick it up as if it was a piece of loot. So it's it's an interesting mechanic to see. I, I'm curious to know just how much use this will get. And if this is going to be something that is going to be extended past limited supply. So the thing that comes to mind is something I talked about a while ago, which is gold. Uh, gold is not currently transferable between characters because it opens up a wide problem of selling gold online uh, but it is kind of a nice thing to be able to give someone gold that wants to buy something that may not have the gold at the time or the time to grind it out so that's something i'm looking to see if that gets changed a quality of life improvement that i would suggest since this is something that is being paid attention to deals with the Merchant Alliance crates, uh, specifically ones where you have to put resources in them, because currently you have to interact with the crate, and then you have to click a button or click an item to, say, uh, store banana, and you have to click that multiple times, as opposed to with the barrels. If you're just holding the items, it gives you the opportunity to put them in the barrel automatically. It's not something you have to actually interact to open up the barrel to put stuff in. So Curious to know if that's something that they would take a look at, see if that's something that is possible, or something that they just don't think is is as bad uh, of a of a quality of life issue. One of the next things on the video that I want to cover that I think is really great is the chances of castaway chests at higher gold hoarder levels has actually been reduced. I, I know this is a welcome change for me. I As always, I've always wondered why we tended to get more maps with the same pool of chests instead of higher level chests with fewer maps. So, Currently, the way the system works is once you hit certain levels or certain level reputation levels with a faction, especially the Gold Hoarders factions, the number of islands you go to visit typically increases, but the quality of the chests don't. Uh, You're still just as likely to get a castaway chest at lower levels as you are at higher levels. But the benefit of the higher levels is you have more opportunities to go dig up chests, which doesn't make much sense when if you have fewer islands to go visit and the same pool of, uh, same pool of chests, then it's potentially better for you to chain multiple quests since the chance of getting uh, chests at a high or low value are the same. So it almost benefits people at lower levels to continue to do lower level quests, even though uh higher levels you should be getting stuff higher so i'm glad to see this uh this goes back to kind of where i came from when i saw the progression video that was released last year where it was explained that as you advance in reputation and voyages your voyages will become richer and more rewarding Uh, but they'll challenge you more and introduce more mechanics now as it stands, the higher level gold hoarders uh, don't offer different challenges. You're still faced with the same riddles and the same mar- X marks the spots. Uh, there might be more skeletons that spawn, uh, but I haven't seen skeletons that are of different types. So the challenge to get better quality chests from higher level gold hoarder reputation is still the same as if it were lower levels. You just have more maps in the voyage. So I'm hoping that this change is really kind of benefiting the people that are at higher levels that can't uh, take advantage of of going out and getting smaller quests or smaller number of quests that's a lot of the reason why I think a lot of people are throwing down quests checking to see if it has any riddles and then canceling it if it does and going with ones that have more maps that actually have X marks of spots <laughs> Alright, right, so Joe then reiterates how The Hungering Deep does have the shortest development time and will have some light puzzle solving and collaboration between players. They're getting this content out as soon as possible, and I know a lot of players were hoping that it would be Early May, as some sites were reporting. Going back, I can't find anything that stated this was the plan. And I, I always figured that they would want to give the development team as much possible time, uh, since this was something that was being pushed up from potentially June. Given that they stated the work that this started working on the Hungering Deep right after launch at the end of May is probably where I would expect this to to land, especially since it would be about two full months of time to work on it. Since this patch is bringing a lot of quality of life changes, don't be surprised if the following weeks patch implements the teasers for The Hungry and Deep and the last week of the month we get the Hungry and Deep release. That being said, we are getting a trailer this week at some of the things that are going to be teased in The Hungry and Deep as well as an actual release day. So hopefully by the end of this coming week, uh, we'll actually know when The Hungry and Deep is going to be replaced. So uh, I'm I'm kind of anticipating it going to be at the end of the month. So hopefully shortly after the release, we'll actually start getting some of those weekly events following quickly after the launch. Last thing up on today's docket, as far as news is concerned, I did a poll on Twitter asking what people thought the Hungry Deep's new AI threat is going to be. And between a megalodon giving the Kraken a body and a giant manta ray in merfolk, People wanted the Megalodon with Merfolk coming in as a close second for the Hungry Deep. Not many people seem to think that it would be a giant devil ray. Uh, Something I'm personally curious to see get implemented since there's a lot of artwork around on a lot of the islands suggesting that it's actually a thing that people had to deal with. Uh, There's also some people that think that the devil ray may be what caused the curse that turned pirates into the the mer people that we're seeing nowadays so it's kind of nice that people are rooting for the megalodon i would love to see that as well i am still kind of thinking that there's a possibility it's going to be a body for the kraken though i am hoping more for uh either like a whale or a manta ray or a sea monster or a megalodon of some sorts as opposed to uh just kind of fighting mer people in in the water so We'll kind of see they're talking about that light puzzle work. Uh, I think that might be something to do with some of the ruins under the water uh, in some of the caverns where you see like a place where you could potentially put a stone. And there's some archways that are very kind of lost city kind of. Uh, I I don't even really know how to explain it, but ancient ruins that you see underwater that could potentially open up a new area of the world to us or give us kind of new quests. So I'm interested to see how that works out. (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode. But before you click off this episode, I want to thank a couple people who just recently put in some reviews over at Apple Podcasts. So Kate Odd says, love the podcast. Your content is great and you are on a normal schedule so the content isn't dated. I like hearing ideas and suggestions from our more vocal community members. Keep up the great work and I'll be seeing you on the Sea of Thieves. Grunt03112 also gave me a five-star review. Says, love the podcast. Keep up the great job. Can't wait to see what's in the future. Grunt! I can't wait to see what's in the future either. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to let you guys know too. If you want to have your review read out, I'm going to be going back through all the other podcast reviews in future episodes as well. So if you put one in, I'm going to get to you. Don't forget about that. So if you want to be uh, the next one, go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a, uh, an honest review with a star rating that you feel is appropriate for the podcast. I welcome all feedback as well too. So if there's something you would like to see, feel free to jump in the Discord too. I've got a channel in there. For for feedback. Uh, the Discord is great. It's a, a small, tight-knit group of, of people that are very welcoming. They've all come from, uh, most of the people have actually come from the podcast. So if you're looking for people that enjoy the podcast, enjoy Sea of Thieves, and love hearing about news as it comes out, click the link in the show notes. Come join us. I would love to talk with more people. A lot of people are still hitting me up on, on Xbox. Uh, my gamer tag is Captain Logan. You can still hit me up there. Add me as a friend. I'll add you back. And hopefully we get a chance with the private and public cruise we'll get to sail together if you want to get a hold of me in other ways there's always other ways twitter's a great one at CApt underscore l-o-g-u-n don't forget about those contests as well as the email c-a-p-t-l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com if you're one of the email type of people that like to send in your feedback i'm more than welcome it and i will be happy to read it whether it's good or bad doesn't matter to me i want to make sure that you guys are heard so thank you very much i love you pirates you pirates are awesome thank you for listening I love talking with you about this game and I can't wait to see what's coming in the next couple weeks. Look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.